LifeSpring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004. Thanks for your support. And now, on with the show. LifeSpring number 171. The tongue. More powerful than a locomotive. Yes, I am. Yes, we are. What? This is LifeSpring. Get ready, because we are hitting you right between the ears with the message of hope, love, and good news. And, of course, that is the theme that I used uh, from the very early days of LifeSpring, right up until episode number 31. That was the last time you heard that theme in its entirety, and that was way back on June 7th, 2005, over three years ago. And since then, we've been using... Yes. Oh, by the way, I am Steve Webb. And I am your host. But three years? I think I'm done with that one. Let's just get rid of that one because I think that three years is long enough for any theme. Let me try this one on you. You tell me how you like this. like it a lot, but I would be interested in hearing your feedback. Yeah, let me know how you like this. This is uh, called Luminance, but I'd like you to uh, write me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or phone in your comment at Eight seven seven four three three nine zero nine one, and uh, let me know what you think. But we've got a great show today. We are talking about the tongue, the power of words. We're talking about, well, lots of things in relation to the speech that cometh from our mouths. <laughs> Um, what is life spring? Well, you know, Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. He said, indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, life spring, welling up to eternal life. Remember, my friend, it does not matter where you're at, and it doesn't even matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're man or woman. It doesn't matter your station in life, what your job is, how much money you make or how much money you don't make. It doesn't matter how much money gasoline costs. Jesus asks all of us one question, and he said this, who do you say that I am? Well, life springs about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer to that question, your answer to that question, can and does affect your life this very day. You'll find music here, you'll find conversation here, and I hope you'll find reasons to believe. I want to give some very, very special thanks to the LifeSpring supporters, the listeners who send in gifts each and every month. I mean, I really, really do appreciate your gifts. You really help to keep the LifeSpring Media Ministry going. As you know, I um, really want to make this LifeSpring Media Ministry a, a full-time gig, and it takes money to do that, um, especially the more gasoline does cost. 
but um, as I said to you uh, several weeks ago, when I uh, brought up the whole LifeSpring Media thing and and everything with the advertising and, and the um, your ability to give gifts, my goal is to make it so that um, we don't have to have advertisers. But until the uh, gifts are you know to a level that will pay the bills. I do have advertisers, and the advertisers I have are very, very carefully screened. The very first one that I want to thank for coming on board is Covenant Eyes Accountability Software. If you have a problem with Internet pornography, if you uh, have children in your house, you want to protect them from Internet pornography, if you know someone who's struggling with this, I highly recommend that you give Covenant Eyes a try. I'm not going to go into a long thing here, but go over there to CovenantEyes.com, and when you sign up, Using the special promo code LIFESPRING, you will get a free 30-day trial to see how it works for you. If you want more information, just go to the LifeSpring Media show notes pages, and uh, you can click on the link there, and you can find out all about it. But it's time now to get started with our fantastic show. Remember, we're talking about the tongue, more powerful than a locomotive. We're talking about words. What's the word you say? Shut your mouth. Heard your words on the phone. You turned my heart back to stone. All these lies, they just sound like. Yeah. 
run, run, run with words. And yeah, that's probably some pretty good advice. Huh? Watch the words you say. Shut your mouth. You know, the power of the spoken word is incredible. Its effect is so often underestimated by, well, most of us. We really don't even think about the impact our words can have because speaking is just, well, so easy for us. It just comes easily to most of us. We have a thought. We speak the words. One, two. There it is. What we think, we say. Like it or not, take it or leave it. You know, words can encourage people to new heights or they can damage and defeat them. And the work they do has lasting, sometimes eternal effects. Listen to some examples here of how words can be used to encourage. I've got several here and I want you to listen carefully. Give the words time to settle in your mind and in your heart. See how hearing them has an effect on you. Now listen, here are some simple words that we often use. Good job. How do you like it when people say that to you? Well done. Or you really have a talent for that. Or I love you. And then here are some encouraging quotes from some very wise people that really have a way with words. This first one says, when you feel like giving up, remember why you held on for so long in the first place. It is never too late to be what you might have been. That's a good one, isn't it? That was George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Mary Pickford, the old silent movie actress, one time said, If you have made mistakes, there is always another chance for you. You may have a fresh start any moment you choose, for this thing we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. That's good. And then Wally Amos, the guy who's famous for the, well, famous Amos cookies, He said, it doesn't matter how many say it cannot be done or how many people have tried it before. It's important to realize that whatever you're doing, it is your first attempt at it. Yeah, other people may have failed. Lots of people may have failed, but it's the first time you've tried it. That's good. And then an old Japanese proverb, fall seven times, stand up eight. Mm Mm-hmm. And then here are some scriptures that talk about encouraging words. Proverbs 16:24 says, "Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones." That's good. Ephesians 4:29 says, "Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen." That's good. Hebrews 10 Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you say, as you see the day approaching. So believers, that's what we're supposed to do is encourage one another when we gather together. And then Psalm 10, 17 says, you hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. So encouraging people is something that God does. It's the work of God. You're doing God's work when you encourage people. Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so instead of thinking about negative things to say, think about those things. And then here I have some scriptures that are just, to me, some of the ultimate encouraging words. 
In Jeremiah, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And this one is one of my most favorite. From 1 John, This is how I know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for me. It doesn't get better than that. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And what does the Bible say about my role in encouraging others? From 2 Corinthians, this is Paul. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts me in all our troubles. Listen to this now. So that I can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort I myself have received from God. So God encourages me, God comforts me, and then I'm to turn around and give the same kind of comfort to those people that are around me. This past week, the Supreme Court of the United States of America made a ruling that upheld private citizens' rights to own guns. Now, some of you probably agreed with that ruling and some of you probably disagreed, but be that as it may, I would like to submit to you that your tongue has far more power than any gun that has ever been or ever will be made, or as it said at the beginning of the show, it is more powerful than a locomotive. Proverbs 15.4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. So we have in that mouth of ours an incredibly powerful tool. In James 3, it says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Wow. And then James goes on to say that we should yield to the wisdom and direction of God. And when we do, James says just a few verses later, the rewards are great. Listen, just in, let's see, I finished off at, at verse 10. Now I'm going to pick up at verse 17. And James says, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And how do we make peace? Partly with our tongue. And then better yet, listen to this in Second Samuel uh, chapter 23. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. 
How very awesome is that? Our tongues, these incredibly powerful instruments, can do so much destruction. They can also, however, be the instruments of God to bring his message to a lost and dying generation. Let me read that to you again, Second Samuel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. Oh, brothers and sisters, if we allow God to speak through our tongue, to speak through us, how much better is that than to light forest fires with our tongue? What an awesome thing to consider. So we need to be aware of the power of our words and ask ourselves, do my words build up or do they tear down? Do they help or do they hinder? Are mine the words that Jesus would say? Now, if you're at all like me, you have times, more times than you'd like to admit, where you let words fly that Jesus would most definitely not want to say. He would not say. And I'm not just talking about the vulgar four-letter words. I'm talking about demeaning phrases, hate-filled speech, boastful attitudes, lies, gossip. You probably know your area of weakness just like I know mine. And it is oh so easy afterwards to say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I couldn't help myself. It's, it's, it's just who I am, me and my big mouth. Well, as I see it, there are two things that are wrong with that sorry excuse. And listen, I've used the same excuse myself, but... Number one, you cannot unsay the words. They're out there, and they will continue to ring in the ears of the hearers for a very, very, very long time. And they're going to have long-lasting effects. And the worse the words are, the longer the effects. And the second thing that's wrong with that very sorry excuse is you can and you are expected to harness your tongue. That's right. If you are a believer, you can keep your mouth shut. You do not have to blurt out whatever vile thought your tongue would like to vomit. You want proof? Well, let's first start on the negative side, okay? In Proverbs chapter 6, it says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to man. Okay, now while I read this to you, listen for how many of these are done with the tongue. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, Feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Okay, so there were seven things there that God detests, and three of them are done with the tongue. A lying tongue, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. So why does God delineate things that he detests? to show the wrong of the things, to be sure. But we know that when the Holy Spirit controls the life of the believer, he gives us the power to obey. We are no longer slaves to the sin, right? Isn't that what the scripture teaches us? You want more proof that we can control our tongue? Well, here's another one from the negative side. In speaking about evil men, King David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said in Psalm chapter 50, you use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. Did you hear that? He said, you harness your tongue to deceit. What does a harness do? It controls, it holds, it restrains. So the evil man makes his tongue deceive. He makes it happen. Well, if an evil man makes the tongue deceive, can't a godly man exercise control in the opposite direction? Well, God's word says, not that he should, but that he must. Listen, 1 Peter chapter 3, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil 
and his lips from deceitful speech. Did you get that? Must keep his tongue from evil. Is that not clear enough for you? Then listen to James in chapter 1. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Yikes. If I don't keep a tight rein on the things I say, what this is saying is I'm not much of a follower of Jesus. That's what it's that's what he's saying. All of my good works, anything that I do in the name of Jesus is worthless if I don't tame my tongue. Which makes sense, really, if you think about it. If I do good things but tear others down with my words, what does that say about me? And more importantly, what does it say about the power of Jesus in my life? Hmm? Something to think about, isn't it? Remember, Christians, we have a choice. If we have been made new creations by the blood of Jesus... And if we have the Holy Spirit within us, then we are not at the mercy of our whims, our passions, or our impulses. We can choose to do the godly thing or the ungodly. But you say, Steve, come on. Sometimes I just can't help myself. The words are out before I know it. I just blurt them out. I'm sorry once they're said. I really am. And I know I shouldn't have said them. But sometimes in the heat of the moment, they just come out. Does that mean that I'm not a Christian? Well, no, I wouldn't say that. If you sincerely are sorry, if you just have a moment of weakness, then I would say that you're human. And you're in pretty good company, by the way. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 7. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Now, this is the good part. This is the good news. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In other words, he's saying through Jesus, I can. So then, Paul continues, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. What he's saying there is I want to do, you know, I'm a a slave to God's law in my mind. In other words, I want, my will is that I do good, but in the sinful nature, in other words, in the flesh, that part of the body that is uh, yet to be uh, redeemed, uh, in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. And then he goes on at the beginning of chapter 8. I know I'm reading a lot of scriptures today, but this is important stuff. He says in the beginning of chapter 8, therefore, or since that is so, since what is so, what I just talked about, about being a slave in my mind to God's law, but in the sinful nature, slave to the law of sin. So since that is so, there is now, oh, such good news. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. And so he's saying that, listen, because we want to do good, but do evil, we fail, we blow it, we sin, and and, and we're slaves to that. But because of Jesus Christ, our Lord, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Yes, I blow it, but I'm forgiven for the sin. 
Listen, I heartily recommend that you go read Romans 8 in its entirety right now, if at all possible. And if you can't do it right now, then make yourself a note that uh, when you get home today or, or whenever you have a chance, as soon as possible, read through chapter 8. This is one of my favorite chapters of the entire Bible, Romans chapter 8, and it really speaks to this this issue of sin in the life of the believer and the victory that we can have because of what Jesus did for us. I can't take the time to read the whole chapter right here, but every believer needs to read and reread this chapter until it becomes a part of you. So the message is this, my friends. Words are powerful, more powerful than a locomotive. They can tear down and they can build up. They can bring death and they can bring life. The evil man uses words to do evil. The godly man can bring God's words of hope, love, and good news. We are responsible to control which type of words we use. And when we fail, there is forgiveness because of Jesus' sacrifice for you and for me. You can deem to be strong, big, too small. You can make a lion come when called. That is not the hardest one. Can you tame the tongue? Are you saying good or bad? The blessing or the curse? Do you make it better or do you make it worse? Just as the rudder guides the ship. And if you live and rightly, then your tongue won't slip. And if you live and rightly, then your tongue won't slip. The tongue he likes to make the boast. The tongue he find the trouble most. The tongue he likes to be the liar. Then you breathe in fire. Are you saying good or bad? The blessing or the curse? Do you make it better or do you make it worse? Just as the rudder guides the ship. And if you live and rightly, then your tongue won't slip. And if you live and rightly, then your tongue won't slip. We use the tongue to praise the Lord. Say your blessing, read the word. But the same tongue take his name, forgetting why he came. Are you saying good or bad? The blessing or the curse? Do you make it better or do you make it worse? Just as the utter guides the ship. If you live and rightly, then your tongue won't slip. And if you live and rightly, then your tongue won't slip. I say you live and rightly, and your tongue won't slip. <laughs> That's my friend Chris Christensen. Uh, he's the guy that does the Amateur Traveler podcast, and he does also a really great Bible study podcast called the Bible Study Podcast. But uh, that's a song I think that he wrote himself and recorded and put up on the Podsafe Music Network, oh, a long time ago. But I thought it was just perfect for the show today. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for making that available to us. All right, moving on. You know, this um, I got this email, oh, just a, a week or so ago that I thought I would share with you. If you are a dog owner, a dog lover, and if you have a, a tendency to feed your dog from the table, uh, this email says, This week I had the first case in history of raisin toxicity ever seen at MedVet. My patient was a 56-pound, 5-year-old male neutered lab mix that ate half a canister of raisins sometime between 7.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday. He started with vomiting, diarrhea, and shaking about 1 a.m. on Wednesday, but the owner didn't call my emergency service until 7 a.m. 
I'd heard somewhere about raisins and grapes causing acute renal failure, but hadn't seen any formal paper on the subject. We had her bring the dog in immediately, and in the meantime, I called the ER service at MedVet, and the doctor there was like me. Had heard something about it, but anyway. We contacted the ASPCA National Animal Poison Control Center, and they said to give IV fluids at one and a half times maintenance and watch the kidney values for the next 48 to 72 hours. The dog's blood urea nitrogen level was already at 32, and normal is less than uh, 27, and the creatinine level was over 5. 1.9 is the high end of normal. Both are monitors of kidney function in the bloodstream. We placed an IV catheter and started the fluids, rechecked the renal values at 5 p.m., and the BUN was over 40 and the creatinine over 7 with no urine production after a liter of fluids. At that point, I felt the dog was in acute renal failure and sent him on to MedVet for a urinary catheter to monitor urine output overnight as well as overnight care. He started vomiting again overnight at MedVet, and his renal values have continued to increase daily. He produced urine when given Lasix as a diuretic. He was on three different anti-vomiting medications, and they still couldn't control his vomiting. Today, his urine output decreased again. His BUN was over 120, his creatinine was over 10, and his phosphorus was very elevated, and his blood pressure, which had been staying around 150, skyrocketed to 220. He continued to vomit, and the owners elected to euthanize. This is a very sad case, the email continues. Great dog, great owners who had no idea raisins could be a toxin. Please alert everyone you know who has a dog of this very serious risk. Poison Control said as few as seven raisins or grapes could be toxic. Many people I know give their dogs grapes or raisins as treats, including our ex-handlers. Any exposure should give rise to immediate concern. And by the way, onions, chocolate, cocoa, and macadamia nuts can be fatal as well. Even if you don't have a dog, you might have friends who do. This is worth passing on to them. And that is why I'm reading this long email to you so that you will know and so that you can tell your friends if they um, are um, in the habit of feeding their dog from the table, stay away from the grapes, the raisins, the onions, chocolate, cocoa, and macadamia nuts. It, It can mean life or death for a dog. And speaking about dogs, let me just tell you about pet meds. I told you about them last week. You can get some great discounts at 1-800-PET-MEDS using the promo code LIFE when you check out. The prices at pet meds are already way better than you're going to get at the vet. And uh, with my special promo code, you can get 10% off. And with every order over $39, you'll get free shipping. So such a good deal. So, hey, getting ready for the Independence Day or 4th of July celebration in a few days. As always, we're going to have a bunch of family members, but this time, haha, I get a break. We're not going to have it at my house. We're going over to one of my brothers-in-law's house. He lives up on a hill down in Orange County, California, and we can see, I think, three different fireworks shows from his uh, backyard, and I get a break. I don't have to do the grilling, and uh, we just get to, well, <laughs> the price of gas, I don't know, it's probably going to cost me about $7,000 in gasoline, but it'll be nice to get together with the family and, and be able to relax as well. So what are your plans? Uh, do you do fireworks at your house or do you go someplace to see the pros do it? Um, it's funny, the, the last time that I went away from my house um, to see a public fireworks show other than at Disneyland, uh, we went to the Queen Mary. The city of Long Beach uh, puts on a big fireworks show every year. And this has been many, many years ago now. 
we went to this park right next to the Queen Mary, and we were just really enjoying the show, and some numbskull next to us brought um, their own uh, illegal fireworks, and one of the things flew up in the air, landed uh, on the, the blanket right next to me. We had the, you know, the blanket spread out on the grass, landed on the, on the blanket right next to me, caught on fire, and was a mess. And I said, that is it. I'm not doing this anymore. And so now, I mean, we don't go anywhere other than, like I said, to my brother-in-law's house or something like that. We'll maybe go to Disneyland, something like that. But nah, I'm not going to go where there's a whole bunch of uh, yahoos hanging around. Not not happening here. So what are you doing? Let me know, would you? Just, uh, yeah, send me an email. Send me a, uh, a voicemail. Whatever is good. I, I would like to know what you do. Now, since we're on the theme of words, I um, have my friend Brian Duncan here. Hey, that's just 
I found some really, really great music while I was looking for music for this show, this episode. I found so much great stuff that I'm going to make a complete Lifespring Weekend music show using just songs about words this week. The songs really didn't fit into the show today, but they're certainly worth listening to. So be sure that you get the show. If you're not subscribed to the Weekend Music Show, be sure you get over to LifespringMedia.com and get subscribed. Do it. I mean, you're going to like it. I really think you're going to enjoy the show. So uh, Lifespring Weekend Music Show, I'm not sure what number it's going to be. Maybe 80, something like that. I'm not really sure. Should have looked that up, huh? Well, I'm a real professional, aren't I? And while you're there at LifespringMedia.com, don't forget to check out the Lifespring Media Store. I've got bestsellers there now. I've got uh, lots of books on conquering pornography in your life and uh, my favorite Bibles, my favorite reference books, uh, lots of stuff. I used to be in the um, the bookstore business, and so I've kind of built my own little bookstore there. Check it out, and anything that you buy there will help to support Lifespring Media, which is great. And if you continue on into the rest of the Amazon store, which is where this store is hosted, then anything you buy from Amazon will help out. Out too. So I think you'll enjoy browsing and it'll help us. So that'd be cool. And uh, I would like to ask you to pray for my son, my oldest boy, Matthew. I think I may have shared with you, uh, might have been on one of the other shows, the uh, At the Altar prayer show that we do. But Matthew has uh, been, what do they call it? Well, he's been trying out at another church that uh, he used to go to when he was a kid. They have invited him to come and try out to become the youth worship music leader. He spent the last couple of two or three weeks doing that, and they're going to be giving him his or their decision in the next day or two. And he's uh, all of a sudden he's he's really kind of torn about it because he's going to be going back to university. He uh, was accepted at the University of uh, Redlands, and he wants to start you know improving his education, which is something that he really needs to do to you know get more skills so that he can get better jobs as he you know matures and gets older. But the classes land on the same night as the youth services do with this church. And so if they say that they want him at the church, then he can't take the classes. But if he says he, he you know wants to do the school, then he can't get the job. And so I'm going to just um, ask that you pray that God's will would be done. And Matt is really okay either way. He, he wants the school. He wants the job. Uh, but he's okay. He wants to be in God's will. Obviously, it, it it's at least it appears as if he can't do both at the same time right now. So if you would just uh, uh, pray for Matt that God's will be done in his life when it comes to this, this uh, worship leader thing, I would really, really appreciate it. And lastly, we're going to close off the show with a song from Michelle Gold. Good friend of mine. She's going to be coming out to the uh, New Media Expo in Las Vegas in August. And uh, she needs, uh, well, she's coming in from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. She's flying in. And she's asking for donations to help her uh, buy the airline tickets. If you enjoy uh, Michelle's music and if you think that it would be a good thing for her to come and minister to the podcasters and the other new media people that are at the Expo, then just go to LifespringMedia.com. You'll see a link on the side about the New Media Expo Worship Fund and, and anything that you can give there would be appreciated. But uh, beyond that, I just want you to enjoy the music of Michelle Gold. There's a place for no more sorrow. There's a 
it won't be The highest place for those who suffer Blessed are the meek and poor So no fear God's always near It won't be long before He comes To rescue you with open arms He'll take you up into the air Where love is long Loneliness, my life is long, and you don't. 
All of the music today, except for Brian Duncan's No Words, are from the Podsafe Music Network. And, of course, I'll have links on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. Till next time, may God bless you richly. Thank you so much for joining me today. Write me an email with your feedback on the show. Till next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb.